Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper on AFR Talk. Being on mission for God may take you in a lot of directions geographically, but it may take you in a lot of directions vocationally. Sometimes we think, oh, a missionary, that's all there is. And then, oh, yeah, pastors can be and staff members. But I, I want to just tell you what Exploring Missions tries to do is to let you know as a follower of Jesus Christ, you are on mission for God. I know of this church that when you join the church, they would always have a card printed out for you, and they would have your name put on it, and at the bottom it says, on mission for God. And it really, that's, that's true, and that's what we are. This is Bert Harper along with my co-host, Nathan Harper, and uh, we do this from time to time. I let everybody know, yes, he is my son. He has my last name. And uh, so, Nathan, you know, vocational missionaries, vital, change the world. But missions in a vocation of a trade, a service, I would say is just as vital. Oh, just as vital, um, and we need more of those. Amen. You know, um, have you ever? They thought, don't always have to have a special offering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they support they, they themselves. Work. They support right. themselves. I mean, have you have you thought about how, like, say, Paul would go into these cities and do mission work, and on his way out, maybe he might have been there for a short time, a few months, maybe even a longer time, a couple of years, um, but there would be a church or or more planted in that city. And then he would move on to another place where God was leading him. And every now and then he would take one or two or a few people from, you know, the new believers there from that city with him as a part of his mission band. Um, But just a few. Have you ever thought how many were left behind? More of the people were left behind and they had work to do where they where they were, where God had planted them. They were they were there to to be on mission. And that's what we were talking about today. We don't know what you do for a livelihood on this weekend that we're coming to you. And uh, you say, well, how could God use me where I am? Well, there are a few vocations that if you're a follower of Christ, I would suggest finding another vocation. There are just some that are anti-God. And, uh, you you know, to be a part of that, no, I can't. But there are some vocations that I believe a lot of Christians gave up on too quickly, and they not enough of Christians going into these vocations. And one of those vocations with all my heart that I admire and I believe is law enforcement. Law enforcement is uh, one of the greatest joys I have is having pastored men and women that were in law enforcement. They were some of the uh, neatest people I've ever met, and and. I'd pray with them, but they'd tell me reports of how their contacts with people. And I'm telling you, they contacted people 
that the only time they want to contact a pastor is <laughs> later on. Yeah. They say, hey, hey, Brother Bert, there's somebody down here that needs needs to see you. And I'd ask them, well, they do, do they want to see me? They said, no, but they need to see you. And uh, so those are great guys. And one of those guys that I've had the privilege of being his pastor for a short time in an interim basis is with us today, Joey Clark. Joey, welcome. It's good to be here, Bert. Thank you. Well, I it was a joy to be with you. Uh, he's from Tishomingo Baptist Church in northeast Mississippi, where I was interim pastor for uh, a few months and had the joy of being there with him and meeting with those great people. Uh, who was they were a missional church, Nathan. I, uh, I these days I, I rate a lot of churches are they really on mission for God, and when they are, I take note. Yeah. And Tishmingo is one of those churches. And Joey, what is your position with the Prentice County Sheriff's Department? Well, I'm narcotics investigator there now. Uh, 2000, I started on the road uh, with them as a deputy, and then 2005, I went in criminal investigations. And since 2006, I've uh, been working narcotics, and we're a member of North Mississippi Narcotics Unit. Uh, so, uh, But my main role at Prentice County is just to work narcotics. And, and I have to tell you, you know, when you when you filled in for us over at church, uh, you made it rough on me. You made it rough <laughs> on me because uh, when, our, when our pastor uh, actually came in for a trial sermon, I had several people come up to me uh, during his yes or no vote and say, can I write Burt Harper in? And I said, no, you can't do that. So you did make it rough on us. Well, I'm telling you, I, I love to preach God's Word. Uh, Nathan had to hear me how many years, 20 years before yep. he went out and started going to another Not church. just on Sundays either. <laughs> <laughs> it was during the week. And uh, I, I, I love to share God's Word. I, I do that. And, but I love to disciple men. And Nathan and I have talked about it. Uh, you can do some of that from the pulpit but it where the rubber meets the road is individual, you know, holding each other accountable and things such as that. But I want you to go through sharing. Let's get that scripture, and you, you've you got it there, Romans chapter well, 13. We, we believe that you're in one of the greatest ministries that God could place yeah. a man in. I believe right. that with all my heart. Right. And, you know, I believe if officers would go and if they would read Romans 13, 1 through 7, and I know a lot have, uh, and a lot stand on that, um, but I believe if they'd do that, it, it'd give them a new uh, uh, sort of open their eyes to where God has put them uh, and and maybe take their job with a little bit more uh, seriousness when you realize you're a minister of God out there doing his work. Amen. Uh, and, and if we'd all treat it like that, uh, I think we'd we would all be a whole lot better off. But, uh, yeah, you want me to read that? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Romans 13, 1 through 7, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on them who practice evil. Therefore you must be subject not only because of the wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers, attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. 
I agree with you. <laughs> that that I've never read it or had a law enforcement officer read it to me. Makes it more real, Nathan. Yeah, it does. When it, you see, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. And then God has called me to do that. Go back. I know you're a follower of Jesus Christ. When did this happen, Joey? It was 1987. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, before. I think it was before Katrina came through. Uh, the Baptist Assembly uh, down on the Gulf Shores. Gulf Shores. Baptist uh, uh, had a youth uh, uh, camp down there yeah. every, every summer. And uh, my group went to that. And that's where I gave my life to Christ uh, and became a follower of him in 1987. Uh, I've tried my best to follow him throughout the years, of course, from time to time. You know, you fall back. Uh, but I the, say the trail weaves, doesn't it? It does. It's not a straight <laughs> line in following Christ. It, it does. <laughs> but uh, the last, uh, probably the last 10 years of my life, I guess just growing up, uh, and uh, my relationship with Christ has gotten stronger. And uh, uh, the things of the world are starting to, to fade away, and the things of Christ mean more and more to me. So uh, that, that's, that's where I'm at now. Amen. So Yes Shores Baptist Assembly. And uh, Nathan, you, you I spent a little bit of time yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of the things. Katrina wiped it out, uh, but a lot of, lot of souls came to Christ. A lot of discipleship took place there, especially with youth. And that's a good memory. Thank you, Joey. I hadn't thought about that. Okay, in your journey in knowing Christ, was there a time in your life where law enforcement intrigued you? You thought you might want to, and then what? what? Uh, it, Give it me did. your journey I, into I'm, that. As I'm well. going to tell you, and I know it, it's not a it's a story. I'm almost uh, embarrassed to tell. Uh, but uh, those are when, the best yeah, ones, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, you're fisting to hear it. Uh, when I first thought of law enforcement, I'll tell you what I was doing. I was, uh, I was, I'd always worked tool and dye my whole life. And then uh, I got out of that and helped my dad build houses uh, for a summer. And I was putting decking on a house. And I kept seeing this, this uh, deputy live down the road we were working on. And uh, he kept coming by in his car. And I'm thinking, man, I am up here sweating. And, <laughs> and this boy is uh, getting to ride through in this car with his air conditioner wide open. And I said, why can't I do that? That was my first initial thought in the law enforcement. <laughs> but, of course, after I began pursuing it and, and contacting our sheriff, Randy Toler, uh, I wanted to get into it for the other reasons. Uh, I really felt, and I think every law enforcement officer out there, when they get into it, they think, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to make it a better place. And you do. Uh, but as far as one officer changing the world, it's just not going to happen. But uh, that's that's the way I felt when I first well, got into it. Well, you change the world one life at a time. One life at a time. No yeah, matter you, what. you do. Uh, but, you know, I think every officer gets into it, that's his initial thought that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change, you know. I did not know there was that much similarity between pastoring yeah. and law enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did not know what I was getting. I thought they worked one day a week. I didn't know about the midnight calls, and yeah. I didn't know about – all the all the arguments you'd have to put up with. So I think if you go back and look at it, we're probably <laughs> a lot like uh, pastors. You know, it, it seems like pastors a lot of times are, are always trying to put out little fires yeah. here and there. Yeah. And uh, in law enforcement, we're pretty much the same way. Putting you know, fires. dealing with different yeah. issues, putting out fires. So I, I think we have a lot in common. Well, they're both like shepherding type yeah, activities. Yeah. You got to kind of have a shepherding mindset. 
and there's there's correction in that, yeah, and there's right. also care. security in yep. that. Yeah, there sure is care and everything part of that. So I, I know you mentioned it. Remind me again the number of years and your your journey in law enforcement and the positions you've I've been, held. I've been at the Prince County Sheriff's Department for seventeen years. Okay. Seventeen years. And now with what brought you to the place, or is it was it an assignment to you? about working about the narcotics division uh well when i started uh i started on the road i was lucky enough i i didn't have to start out in jail uh, with being a jailer first so i started out on the road as a regular patrolman and uh after about six months on the road i I just seemed to uh develop a a knack for for getting drugs and uh i just uh I, i i sort of fell in love with that just making making stops and and getting the drugs that were out there and then uh it got to where pretty much that's all I was doing, not serving papers, not doing anything else, but just going out every day, uh, looking at our hot spots in the county, our houses we knew was dealing drugs, seeing what vehicles were there, going down the road, and then when they came by after leaving, developing probable cause on them, making stops, and then uh, then trying to get the drugs, just trying to make a dent in it. You know, it's, you're, you're really never going to stop it, but you can, make them, you can make them scared. A lot of times you can make them move to other places out of your county. so uh, Prentice County, and by the way, that's my home county. That's where I was born and raised, and uh, a rural county. And yet, rural county, dealing with drugs, there, there's not a utopia out there by these people that live in the cities, and they're going to go to a small town USA. You mean you're there as well? Yeah, it's everywhere. It's Some everywhere. of the most difficult places are the less populated areas, I would say. Yeah. You know, with the, in the last four or five years, the methamphetamine has just soared, uh, the crystal meth. And Why is it? The, the, cost? the, the access to it. Access? Uh, the access. They've, it's flooded the market uh, where uh, just three or four years ago, uh, it would cost $1,700 for an ounce of methamphetamine. Now you can get it for 500 and that's because of the availability of it. There's so much more out there. It's just flooded the market. Uh, so it, it's just readily available. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about that. I feel like we we could do it. Is there anything that people who are not law enforcement officers, do, do we keep our eyes open? Do sure. we report stuff? Sure. How, how does that work? Does, sure. Just uh, worry your narcotics agent to death. Uh, get his get his, uh, get his cell phone number. Uh, go by the sheriff's department. Visit with him. Get his cell phone number. Get to know him. Uh, anything you see suspicious, uh uh, you got a house down the road. People are pulling up for two or three minutes at a time and leaving. Uh, you know, five or ten vehicles in an hour doing this. Then you know, yeah, Something's you know, going on. It, something. You know, it may not be going on, but it could be. Uh, and, and just you know, talk to your narcotics officer. Hey, you might want to check this thing out. Uh, so you know, and there's different things we can do as far as surveillance, making traffic stops, and and seeing what type is coming in and out of these places. If it's drug related or if it's just somebody that has a lot of friends over. When you make this arrest and you uh, go through the process, how many of these uh, church background, no church background, uh, I doubt if any, no one's isolated, no one's protected, but the less God is involved in their life, is it more likely? Is I know this may yeah. be anecdotal, just you yeah. observing. Is it a greater likelihood? I, I think so. It's, it's greater number of people that were not raised uh, in church. Now, I'm, as far as the numbers, it might be more of a 50-50, but uh, I, I think you would see a greater number of people that 
that have not been raised in church and, and maybe uh, through their uh, bringing up, you know, maybe their family was involved and in, it may just been smoking weed for the parents, but for the for the, the son who saw that, you know, it developed into using harder drugs. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's, uh, I think you'd see more uh, use, uh, more people in my office probably that, that were not raised in church by a, a godly family uh, that taught them right. Now some that are there have been taught right and I'm telling you, um, you know, when I get these people into my office and talk to them and question them, of course they've they've been charged with a or, or fisting, or they will be charged with a felony, and uh, a lot of them just they break down, hmm. and especially with the methamphetamine, a lot of these guys and, and ladies too, they hate the drug, they hate it. I mean, they hate it. They sit there and they hate it. They hate the person who introduced them to that drug, most of all. Uh, but they hate that drug, but they will do anything for the drug. Uh, they will. It's, the family, it's, it's that strong. It's that strong. Family doesn't. Family doesn't matter. They will. They will uh, take advantage of family. Steal from family. Even women with their own kids uh, will just let their their parents or their grandparents raise the kids so they can go out and chase this drug. All day long, every day, every day. So to afford the drug, what do they do? Well, a lot turn to different things. Uh, uh, a lot of thefts that we have, to, to, and a lot turn to buying the drug and reselling it just so they can cover their use. Uh, but it's just it's a vicious, vicious cycle uh, that these people go through. Uh, and I don't know, like you, you wonder sometimes, I wonder sometimes, Am I making a difference? Because I see some of the same people over and over and over. And, Bert, that's what I struggle with. I struggle with the most uh, trying to keep my heart from getting hard. I, I was wanting to talk about that as a follower of Christ and us being— uh, someone said pastors can grow that way too, not necessarily about drug use, but people wanting help. Mm-hmm. You develop a thick skin but not a hard heart is— Tell me about I, your journey I, I, into the, I'm gonna, and your I'm struggle. Gonna, I'm going to tell you with me. I can't speak for anybody else, but for with me, uh, I'll go through times where I want to witness to everybody that's sitting in front of me, and then there's there's weeks I say, it's just it's they're they're not they're not listening. It's not doing any good. You're just wasting your breath, and you know it's almost like Satan's telling you there's there's no sense in even trying, you know, because the people are not going to change. So that's what I struggle with. The most is just being devoted, keep presenting the gospel, telling people how they can really change their life. Hey, I know drug rehabs are great. I mean, I have nothing against those, but I know where real help comes from. And that's what I try to get across to these people. But I struggle with with uh, with keeping a soft heart there and, and just hoping for that one person that's going to change. And man, when they do... That, that's amazing. That makes it all worth it. I mean, I've had I've had men to bring their family into the office, and uh, they just come up to me with you know just crying and hug me and say thank you for charging me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, how many times are you going? I mean, just thank you for charging me. You saved my life. Uh, and man, when you see a, a mother that's being a mother again. When you see a daddy. So you've seen some I, recover. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, not as many as I would like. But you do see those few that do, and that's what keeps you going. That's what keeps you going. If it was just the same and nobody ever 
recovered from it. Nobody ever got to being a mom and daddy again. They just chased the drove forever. You would get so uh, disappointed in this job, and you just you just want to give up. But you do see those ones that do change, and that's one, what you go for. One success makes it worthwhile. Yeah, it How does being a Christian and seeing what you do, seeing what you see, and observing all the things that are going on, uh, I know you know Christ. How, how does those guys that are out there in law enforcement, and they may be listening today, they're driving yeah. around doing patrol, yeah. and they may be yeah. listening to this this program today. How has Christ helped you to be a better law enforcement officer? Well, with me, I just, I, of course, I realize. I realize who I belong to and who paid the price for me. And, uh, but I look at, you, you, you've heard of a catalytic converter in a car, right? right. Okay. Right. Uh, there's a substance in there, platinum. And what platinum is, it's a catalyst. And what platinum does, it lets these toxins come in. And this platinum will rub shoulders with it. It will sort of attach to it. I don't really know how all that works. I'm just sort of making it up as I go, okay? Uh, <laughs> no, I understand but, that. Yeah, I don't but, understand chemistry, but yeah, I, okay. I, I follow it, it what sort of saying. attaches, this platinum attaches to these toxins, and it works it through the catalytic converter. And when it comes out the other side, uh, the toxins are no longer toxic. Hmm. And the platinum returns to its original state. And we in law enforcement, if we would view ourselves as a catalyst and act as a catalyst, in other words, when we're around this stuff all day long, yeah, we rub shoulders with it. We help these people. We try to help them through a journey. Uh, you know, get that charge on them and, and uh, let them get help through rehab, whatever it may be. Uh, walk them through these process, non-adjudication, diversion, all the programs are out there. But yet, once we rub shoulders with them, uh, we 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 carry them through that process, but then we return back to our normal state. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's how we can. That's how I get out there, and you know, which I work a lot of undercover deals. I do them and just working narcotics. Uh, I'm around a lot of just nasty stuff, nasty stuff as far as the drug world out there, and I, I have to be like a catalyst. I have to be in, involved in it and get out and work in it, but. Doesn't At no point do I let it affect me. It doesn't I, have to stick. No, I, sort of I'm, like that catalytic converter. That's it. I'm, okay. all, I'm a Christian all the way through, and yeah. I'm a Christian. I come back a Christian, but I have to get in there with them to help them through this process of getting help. And that's the way I look at my job, these people, to get help. Yeah, I'm just I'm sitting here wondering how can someone in law enforcement in, in a position like yours go through this day in, day out, without Christ. Like, can you speak to that a little bit? Like a ministry, not just to people on the street, but to fellow officers. Well, I, I, I can't, I can't imagine it because I've never, I've, I haven't been there. I've, I've received Christ in 87 and I've been a a Christ follower all the way through this process. Uh, but for the guys out there that are not, uh, uh, I can tell them they are missing their calling. They're missing their calling. Uh, they can do so much more. I'm talking about not here on this earth, but for eternity, make an eternal difference in somebody's life. When you start sharing the gospel with the ones you're bringing to jail, when you start witnessing to them, when, when you start telling them when they're sitting there in front of you, look, 
if you think you can just do it alone, you can't do it alone. It takes God helping you to beat this stuff. Mm. And and I work with programs like Tommy Wilson out of uh, out of Corinth, Living Free Ministries. Corinth, uh, Mississippi. Yeah, Corinth. Uh, man, Tommy does a wonderful job. <laughs> Uh, he, he's been there, hasn't he? He has. He has been there, and and he's been there in Prentice County. You know, he's from yeah, Prentice County. Amen. Yeah. He and another guy, he, uh, he was in law enforcement. Uh, after he got saved, they teamed up and did some good visitation. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tommy knew where to take him. <laughs> uh, but, you know, for like I say, the, the guys out there, um, I don't see how they can do it without Christ because the, the temptations you see out there, on a weekly basis, uh, without Christ in your life, I don't see how these guys are making it, making it through it. Because that's what it takes with me. You know, it's just as simple as, you know, I look back uh, several years ago. We did a search warrant, and uh, all these guys took off running through the woods, dumping their drugs and money. And uh, I'm doing a search warrant out in the middle of the woods by myself, and look down and see two thousand dollars cash. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, if you don't have Christ in your life and already made up your mind, you're going to always do the right thing or try to, that might just hit in somebody's pocket, yeah. you know. So uh, with with Christ, it just makes it all mm-hmm. a whole lot easier because you know, you know who you belong to. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, there may be some <clears throat> boys and girls riding in the car uh, with their parents or grandparents, and they're hearing you. Mm. And, uh, you know, is law enforcement a calling? Sure. Uh, I is yeah. it, I everyone I've had has had a little bit of a temperament. They 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 you know you want them to have a little bit of an edge, mm-hmm. just a little bit, not too much, and they're horrible. Right. But gotta have a little, gotta have a little edge there, uh, Joey. You know. Yeah. It's it's definitely a calling, and and man, we need more Christian men and women in this profession. Uh. If, for reasons that, that are just common sense reasons, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're handling with a lot of situations that uh, the decisions you make affect people's lives. And uh, being a Christian in this job, you're going to make such better decisions um, because you're you're allowing Christ to work through you in these situations. And uh, but yeah, that it's definitely a job that we need more Christians in. And like I say, for the young boys and girls out there that want to get into law enforcement. I mean, what better calling? What <clears throat> what better calling than to uh, than to join that? And like Romans tells you, you know, be a minister of God for Him through that. The restrictions that are placed on school teachers in presenting the gospel and everything—they're not put on law enforcement. No, no. I mean, hey, the <laughs> day the day they tell me I can't do that in in my office or in my car carrying somebody to jail. Uh, I'll just, you know, they'll have to sue me or something. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. You know, I, I saw this. They sent it out, and I got it on my, on my computer. It showed a little boy uh, that, you know, they wouldn't let him have a Bible. They showed him 20 years later in jail with shackles, an orange suit on, opening a Bible. Yeah. And they said only if they had let him had it back then. Sure. There's some yeah. truth in that. There is. There is. Joey, I just want to thank you, brother, for what you, you do. We're going, to, we're going to say a short prayer yeah. for you and for the law enforcement officers. Father, I pray that you would bless Joey. Thank you for him. Thank you for our law enforcement officers that are putting their lives on the line each and every day. 
I pray you might bless them, protect them, and may more and more of them come to Christ. And Father, may more and more Christians go into law enforcement to make a difference in the world in we live because they're ministers of yours. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Joey.